good morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am very well. Welcome, everybody. Yes, welcome. I'm Charlie. And I'm George. And this is Archers in Tea. It's a podcast where we talk about the latest episodes of The Archers with a cup of tea and a biscuit. Normally, we'd be doing that in person. But during these strange times, we are doing it remotely, recording our conversations and letting you guys tune in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, regular listeners will be pleased to know I still have um, half of my uh, Chocolossus biscuits left. So I've, got one, <laughs> I've still got one of those um, <laughs> ready to go for to sneak in at some point during this uh, recording of this episode. They are fantastic. Thank you so much, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> You are more than welcome. I don't have any biscuits this week, but oh. it's a no. I know, but it's a purposeful thing. Okay. It's, it's intentional. Um, tomorrow is my partner's birthday, so it will involve, I, I hope, uh, large quantities of cake, of which I'm going to bake today. So I feel like I needed to create a bit of space for that cake and probably the cake mixture. Absolutely, <laughs> very good, very good. Now, before we start, George, um, you were just telling me off air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> off air, like with some radio program. Um, some some Susan Carter-esque radio presenter. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about that. But you tell me off air that you have a you have an Archer's anecdote. Uh, yeah, so so this is what our twelfth episode. I yeah. Think? And so we've got eleven episodes, and I've managed to not bring this up at any point. Um, so <laughs> I've decided <laughs> it's gone too far, and I need to. Um, I need to tell this. I can't remember whether I already told you this. I feel like I might have done, um, but I haven't told the listeners. So well, this is this is like a, a random story from when I was I think I was still at school or university, but I went and did some work experience at the mailbox in Birmingham. Mm. Um, now I don't know if you know the mailbox in Birmingham, but that is where they record the archers. Um, <sighs> so I was sort of being shown around by this um, producer there, who was um, who I who I. I knew his his son, um, so she was sort of showing me around just in case I was interested in a, a career in the media um, before I went through the dark arts of acting. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, she sort of said, "Oh, do you fancy going and watching a bit of the archers being recorded?" And I, I didn't listen to the archers at the time, so I didn't fully appreciate it. But I knew my dad did, so I thought, "Well, I'd better, yeah, absolutely, why not?" Um, so I went to go and uh, watch the recording, and. It's my ignorance. I have no idea who who was recording at the time. I feel like me now would love this opportunity, but I went in and watched them recording the scene. Um, anyway, so there was this. They were recording a dinner party, um, and the, I don't know whether you know how they do the sound effects, but basically there's a sound effects guy who just sort of does all the sound effects. So because they were because um, they were doing a dinner party, he had a knife and fork and some plates, and he was just sort of making a knife and fork sound on the plates. Um, and then somebody uh, rang on the doorbell um, and the sound effects guy was busy doing the dinner party sound effects. So they needed somebody to press the doorbell. Uh, so they sort of turned around and said, George, do you fancy, uh, do you fancy pressing the doorbell? <gasps> I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then they showed me to this. They've got this board of board of doorbells. They've got a different doorbell for every house and they're all marked <gasps> up. So the, the doorbells are all the right, the right one every time. And um, I don't know where, it, maybe it was the Grange Farm door. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I had a little script and um, a little cue, say doorbell. I had to sit there and wait and then press the doorbell. So there is, a, there is an episode of The Archers up there. And I've got no idea which episode it was, probably about 10 years ago now, um, where I pressed the doorbell. There you go. That's my oh. Archers anecdote. Oh my God. This is <laughs> This is a revelation, absolute <laughs> revelation. First of all, you've appeared in the Archers, George. Well, yes, I, you know, I, it's not, it's not top of the list on my CV, um, but uh, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I, well, it should yeah. be. Oh my goodness, that is incredible, and you're a doorbell. Yeah. Well, I doorbell. can't believe it's taken eleven episodes for you to bring this up. I would have, I would have been straight in there dropping all my, you know, celebrity, I, yeah. I know. <laughs> celebrity stories. It's a little prize for anyone who's made it through twelve episodes of uh, of our podcast gets to hear the little uh, here's a little anecdote. Um, yeah, wow, I just don't George. think doorbells have come up at any point during our chats so far. Mm. Uh, I was just waiting for the perfect moment, and and they didn't seem to come. 
we have been remiss we haven't talked enough about doorbells yeah. well i'm gonna listen out now because i love the fact that there's of course there is i mean yeah you know, george and i work in in acting and theater and tv and stuff and and of course there's continuity for the doorbells for mm. each house i mean that makes total sense but if you don't t- stop to think about it you it actually comes as quite a shock when you find that kind of thing out. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, well, okay. There we are. Bouncing off that springboard, we'll move into the week's episodes. And we, uh, we're we still with these uh, sort of, what was it, babbling brooks of consciousness, um, street streams of consciousness, or, or different ways in which we're hearing characters speak on their own, so they're not necessarily having dialogue. Um, and we start with Ben archer on monday yeah um which is quite nice actually it's kind of because ben i mean how long has ben been uh, uh vocal for i don't know has it been sort of about a year am i understating that he sort of he was silent character before wasn't he and then we sort of started hearing it maybe it's more than a year now isn't it it could be but i know what you mean it's he's been silent or or at least you know you've only heard a young boy speak occasionally yeah. Whereas there's definitely been, you know, the actor now, I think his name is Ben Morris, uh, or Norris, uh, Norris excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Ben Norris um, has come in and, and has much more sort of deep and, and um, exciting storylines. I thought you were going to say deep voice. <laughs> I was gonna, yes, yes, he's been through puberty, child. I'm not quite sure why that's important, but no, yes. <laughs> Yes, deep, deep storylines. He does have deep storylines now. <laughs> more, more serious storylines. But I would also be interested to know how old Ben Norris is because he does really well at sounding like a sort of often mm. quite a stroppy teenager. Um, but I suspect he's not actually a teenager. Um, mm. we'll, ha- we'll have to find a way to contact him. He's on Twitter. Maybe I'll yeah. stalk him or something. Um, but I really love Ben as a character. I think he's really, really funny. And I think... He, he tries to be funny. The character attempts to make jokes quite a lot, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I think, I, I guess when you've got Josh as an older brother, I don't know. Mm. I can, yes, there's definitely something. He, he's a bit of, just a bit of a character, isn't he? So you can kind of imagine yeah. that, that you know, he's sort of trying to play up to that as well. Mm, mm. I think it's the same for my younger brothers. I think they, you know, they're trying to, you know, match up to me at many times, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure, George. <laughs> I'm sure there's many a young man. With you and their aspirational view. <laughs> Sounds like I'm being sarcastic. I'm actually yeah. not. You're, mm. you're a wonderful role model. Um, so moving on, we have um, so he, we start with Ben. And uh, he, first of all, just drops in the information, which is going to be very important, that there's a competition to have a local radio DJ take over a slot for ba- Radio Borsetshire. Mm. But he's not that impressed with that, is he? No, I don't think he's really, um, he's sort of, I don't think he's interested with Radio Borsetshire as a whole, is he? He sort of describes yeah. it as being for, for old people and, uh, and uh, you know, not, not really cool. Oh, did you hear him at one point talk about the ages of people? He's like, oh, maybe when you hit 35. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I remember when I thought 35 was, like, middle-aged. Ancient. And now I'm approaching that age. Oh, God. It, on the X Factor, what was the... Wasn't the um, overs category... Like over 25 or something like that oh, yeah. which at the time you thought wow yeah they're really old <laughs> and now you think 25 that's that you're past it at 25 i don't oh, think so God. no but apparently ben would and yes. uh, he's also sulking he's sulking that he has to type out his grand's war stories now i i gotta say i sort of saw this one coming pretty quickly i i, I don't and i don't think they were trying to make it some sort of massive surprise but you knew that once he says, oh, I've got to type up Graham's war stories, I've got to, you know, it's going to be so boring, can't be bothered. I just knew that the storyline would go that, that Ben ends up sort of enjoying it and takes an interest. And and I was like, well, that's nice, because actually, potentially some people who are isolating with family members and older family members are taking this opportunity to get to know them a bit more. And But I, I yeah, I sort of knew where this one was going, basically. Yeah, I think it's... Sorry, I just had a mouthful of biscuit. Um, oh good I mean, I just, there it is the colossus biscuit it's not gone <laughs> um yeah well, well while i was at drama school one of our drama teachers said if there's one thing you should do um now or like you know over the holidays or something go and visit your grandparents and just get them to talk to you about their lives and if they don't mind record them doing it because mm. 
actually they've got so much you know so much life experience so many fascinating things to tell from when they were young and and the world was a very different place and um it's yeah it, it can be really interesting to listen to and ben's obviously found that and i think that i think it's great mm. he's sort of connected um to his to his, to his grand in that way mm, definitely yeah i wish i'd done it more if i'm honest um mm. and then it gives us a little reminder as well so i'm thinking about my neighbors i've got some neighbours who uh, are still at school you know they're sort of like either going into year 10 or year 6 and stuff like that and and they're at home and they're going a bit stare crazy I think you know they miss all their friends and stuff mm. and the archers are reminding us that actually a lot of this lockdown is quite difficult for young people uh, young yeah. adults even so he's meant to be taking his exams he's he's thinking about am I going to go to university what's that going to be mm. like what decisions am I going to make um, but also that surprise which we've all had. I remember leading up to school holidays thinking, yeah, come on, summer holidays, all I'm going to do is sleep and eat sandwiches. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought I was going to do, mainly sleeping and eating sandwiches. But he realised, he lets us know. You're wild. I was wild. I was just desperate to sleep all the time. In fact, I still am, to be honest. Eat sandwiches, apparently. Oh, yeah, specifically, right, a cheese, ham, pickle, like Branston pickle. I'm with you. And sour cream and onion or sour cream and chive pringles and then you put them in and then you squish the bread so all the pringles crack absolutely oh. now i so i put crisps in my sandwich um i can't remember who it, somebody chastised me for putting crisps in my sandwich um who? like in the last in the last year or so i think it's brilliant outrageous it adds <gasps> texture it adds flavor what's mm. not to like i'm all in all in favor if you add salt and vinegar it's mm. like really great because it adds that salty like sharpness to a sandwich. So I remember at drama school, me and my friend Joe, I think he taught me about it. We used to get the um, the cheese and celery sandwich, which is you know already a bit out there for a twenty something year old. A cheese mm. and celery sandwich, and put sweet um, salt and vinegar, vinegar crisps in, and because oh oh with the cheese is it <laughs> salt and oh goodness yeah wow. it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, poor Ben is hoping he's gonna, you know, expand his culinary awareness with crisps in his sandwiches. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he does say there's what is it? You're always findable on a farm. There's nowhere mm. to hide. And I, I thought, oh yeah, mate. But I actually think if you're in a in a two bed house, there's probably nowhere to hide either. So yeah. I don't think hiding was ever an option for you. <laughs> <laughs> It's um he's it it's sweet actually because he I think at one point later in the episode does he go and he oh, he delivers the eggs to Emma when she's doing That's the baking right. and there's quite a nice moment where Emma sort of says he's a nice boy you know he's a nice boy he sort of wouldn't necessarily want people to say oh he's such a nice boy but he is a nice boy at heart oh he definitely is I think she tells us that um he refused cake yeah you're right he refused cake and said that there were other people in the village who needed it more. Um, which is amazing for somebody mm. that age, very mature. I think that's amazing for anybody, really. I don't know how mm. anybody turns down cake. I, I've never understood that, but I think that... Um, I've never I turned down cake. Um. I, literally never in my life. And um, and I don't think... I think it's quite interesting with Ben that even on his um, ramblings, he's got that teenager br bravado where he's like, yeah, mm. yeah, I'm so sad. But actually, in real life, he's actually quite nice. So he... he yeah. He's, quite, he's still probably grappling with his identity, but he's definitely actually quite a sweet boy, which, yeah, which he complains about later when someone calls him a nice boy. But you are <laughs> a nice boy, Ben. You're a nice boy. And they don't finish last. It's not true. Yeah. And Emma, Emma, yeah, so Emma is baking. Um, she's baking cakes at the village shop. Oh, no, she's making cakes for the village shop. Um, and which kitchen is she using? She's been able to use one of the big kitchens i think in the tea room maybe she's in the tea room isn't she that's right yeah and she's just sort of it's quite nice actually she's sort of i don't know just getting lost in her own world of baking mm. yeah i really like emma as a character and i think it's really nice here that we she's got something to do and she talks about how nice that is to actually have something to do and even though she's quite busy it's i really understand that you know when you've got something on if you're not obviously a frontline worker um mm. it must feel a bit difficult when suddenly you're not allowed to do anything but she's got a purpose um but she also mentions which i think is really apt at the moment you know there's the challenges of having to keep your children entertained 
bright and cheerful, but also make sure they're doing all their schoolwork. I mean, I really don't envy people who have that challenge. No, absolutely. I mean, neither of us at the moment have got to worry about that. But it's, um, yeah, because you're doing the role of, I don't know, you're doing all of those roles at once, aren't you? The kind of teacher mm. and the parent and the disciplinarian and um, and uh, friend as well. And also whilst trying to keep yourself healthy um, and safe yeah. and, you know it's um it must be such a tricky one I, I yeah. and so much about kids developments development is uh, about socialization and, and and meeting other people and learning how to uh, connect with them I one mm. of my friends has got a three-year-old son I think he's three now um and and yeah she was just sort of saying I hope that yes I don't know how it's going to affect him um kind of being away from his peers for so long um, it's a tough one, mm. uh, but but yeah, definite yeah, pressure on the true. parents. Definitely, and I have that sort of uh, saying which I've stolen from various people: um, you can't pour from an empty jug, right? Which means basically, it's great you can tr- try and help people, but if you haven't helped yourself first, you're going to run out quite quickly. Mm. Um, and and when when does Emma have the time to refill her jug? <laughs> I think she's taking it now with her with her with her cooking. Like I always say, um, you know. You you can't get the fizz if you don't shake up the bottle. Um, so. <laughs> All right. If anyone, if anyone has decided randomly to jump into Archers and Tea at this point, at episode twelve, and not listen to any before, uh, last week we were talking about Tracy Horobin, and she used the phrase "You can't get the fizz if you don't shake the bottle," which uh, George has now appropriated to himself. I've I've never heard the saying before. I'm not really <laughs> sure what it means, but I'm just going to keep using it at various points. <laughs> Um, and then there's the other thing which I really understand. So my sister is telling me, you know, there's sort of like quite a lot of pressure, I think, with parents. Again, I'm not a parent myself, but um, I do gather this. There's a little bit of sort of posturing, isn't there, with parents? And there's a lot of pressure to be doing very well. And people use maybe social media to do a sort of humble brag about how wonderfully they're doing and, mm. and how they're really managing lockdown. They've got such happy children and and Emma concedes that she's quite guilty of it too. You know, she's when Kira does something, she likes to be proud of it. And you get that sort of hit of dopamine, don't you, when you celebrate something you've achieved and you pop it on social media for everyone to see. Mm. But it's still constructing our images and, and adding to the idea that we're being productive, even if we don't actually feel it. Um, and I think that then has the adverse effect on other people. They see, you know, gosh, you look like you're doing really well. You don't seem to be having difficulty at all you're some sort of von trapp family and actually it's not true but it's still you still feel bad because you think you're doing really badly in comparison yeah i think we we spoke about it briefly didn't we about just you know general social media and putting pressures on yourself so when you're when you feel like you're having pressure put on you about how well you're caring for your children i don't know i think that's that's you know that multiplies that pressure even more so I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. So Emma also lets us know that Ed and Jazza have a bet on to see who sh- shears the most sheep. There's a tongue twister. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's true. There's nothing else to say, really. And then um, they also do... I Oh, yes, this was something I was going to say. I've noticed something that they're doing with Ben and his babbling brook of consciousness, which is it's slightly artistic. Um, they seem to be making a differentiation between the things he's thinking and what he's saying out loud. So have you noticed that, you know, a lot of the, the speech is sort of at the, at the microphone and he's talking and thinking, and then he'll be like, Bess, Bess, come back. And he'll mm. sometimes say out loud something which is connected to what he's thinking inside. Um, I'm not sure that's my favourite of the styles, but I appreciate that it's another way of doing it. It just gets a bit... I find it a bit confusing sometimes. Yes, what's he saying out loud and what is he not? Yes, yeah, no, I know what you did. mean. Um, I think they, did they do it a little bit last week with David? Just, uh, But not with words out loud. I think he was just sort of making the occasional... Uh, or, or sort of mm. <laughs> sigh or groan in the background. That was sort of... I, again, I was thinking, oh, is that is that... That's what he's actually... He's actually making noise there as opposed to his kind of stream of consciousness. Yeah, so I wasn't... I wasn't wasn't interested wowed over by it but I you know I guess it's it's an interesting thing to play around with it's all trial and error at the moment for the for the archers team too then they're all doing their best but it does lead us into a story about Jill so we're not necessarily hearing from Jill but we get to hear about her 
and mm. um and so we realize that we get we, we find out if, if people didn't know already but me and george haven't been listening for that long in comparison to some people um we hear that jill got all her cooking skills from aunt daphne which then reminded me about last week that um we've got ruth who couldn't who makes a bad lasagna apparently and, and we were finding that quite amusing and we found out from our silent friend that apparently it's a bit of a running joke or at least it used to be that Ruth tries really hard at cooking but she would always have culinary failures um and then that's sort of made worse by the comparison to Jill who's a, a wizard in the kitchen mm. which I found really funny yeah yeah it's quite sweet really isn't it um mm. and we find out that Jill sort of has has probably gained her uh, I don't know yeah cooking skills from Aunt Daphne and um what is it um for her birth the first time she ever had a birthday cake was after she'd yeah she'd lost her parents um and the first time she had a birthday cake was with her aunt and it mm. was a carrot cake yes because they didn't have fruit yes yes good point that's why is that why it, where carrot cake got invented am i making that i don't know i don't know if it got like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it got invented then but i do know that the use of vegetables in cakes uh was took off massively then in the sort of mm. post-war in the middle of the war but also post-war rationing period where Actually, we, we think of a courgette cake as quite a modern invention. Oh, you know, it's it's fancy uh, hipster foodies. But actually, it comes from, yeah, definitely they were used a lot in, in the rationing era mm. uh, because there wasn't access to fruit and sugar in the same way that there was to vegetables. And so, yeah, that's why she had to have a she had to have a carrot cake. But then what's so sweet is that it's actually Ben's favourite even now. Yeah, which is really sweet. Um, mm. And also, you know, apparently when Jill bought him the car, she bought him a carrot-coloured car as well. So, you know, that's... <laughs> which he, he sort of is able to laugh about himself. Um, but yes, it's very sweet. And then the, the next cake that we're hearing about is Emma's making a date and walnut cake for Linda. Apparently that's mm. her favourite. And she talks about how much she gets from baking. So we, were, we mentioned this earlier, you know, she really, really enjoys baking and she finds that she can kind of let her mind wander. Now, I'm not a good enough cook to be able to let my mind wander when I'm baking, but I find yeah, that would be a dangerous thing. But I find that it does mean that you have to be quite present because you're using your body and your mind and you get so much from it because you're making something that feeds people mm. and, and it feels really wholesome to do, even though it's basically just a block of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, used, I used to bake when I was younger, actually, when I was like a teenager. Um, I had a kind of a, a killer uh, Nigella Lawson chocolate cake I used to make. Um, but wow. I used to love it because I think that sort of, for me, the, I always found it quite scientific. I've got quite a scientific mm. brain. And, and I used to like the fact that you have to, you know, just got to get everything spot on. If you get everything spot on, you've got a chance. It doesn't mean you're, it'll automatically come out brilliant. But mm. you've sort of got to follow all the instructions. Um, mm. It's like a little kind of science experiment. I really, I yeah. uh, I love, I love baking. I've definitely, um, I've had some of your baking, George. When we were in, George and I were in a play together in the West End, and uh, George would bring in some wonderful baked delights. <laughs> very um, tasty. Just to make friends, really. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> it's always helpful for making friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we get a little mention of the coffee table. So I, I didn't write this down in the notes when I was doing it this week because I wasn't sure how important the discussion of the coffee table was. And then I find out later in the week that it became quite important. Um, but it's is it the one that was rescued by Ed? You know, when he bought all her stuff and then kept it in Will's yeah. garage? We'd heard so much about it. It was She'd had her eye on it and it was it was kind of this kind of not it wasn't it was it'd been upcycled, hadn't it? Mm. So it was kind of quite bespoke. Um, and, and Emma had had her eye on it. And yeah, you're right. She'd, when it was, um, they, they were selling at the kind of the car boot sale. Um, oh, no, no, they were doing a, they were doing a sale at their house, weren't they? Because they were moving out after mm. the break. Oh, it was all horrible. Um, and yes, Ed sent Will along with some money to go and buy a load of the stuff back, including the coffee table. I know. Isn't that so romantic? We should have known then that it would work out all right if Ed's mm. doing such a lovely thing. Yeah. Um, the coffee table itself sounds intriguing. It's it, it. I'm not sure it would quite be to my taste. I'm okay. going to throw that out there. 
Um, green marble. Is that right? With swirls in. Yeah, yeah, swirls. And then wrought iron legs shaped like dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe. Maybe, maybe other people um, would really appreciate a dolphin look for their coffee table. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. In my mind, they're sort of like you know they're they're kind of leaning back and the table is balanced on their nose. Is that is that? What yes, you that's yeah. it. I've I've got them in a sort of um, curve, like an S curve. So the the table is on their nose and their their um, back taily bit is the yeah. is on the floor. Great. Yeah. Yeah. With you. With you. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to draw a design of of. <laughs> Oh yeah. See, I've got in my mind. Um, I come from a, a vaguely military background, and um, the Samariner symbol is the the naval dolphin, which doesn't look like a regular dolphin. It's like a different. It's a very famous image of a dolphin that doesn't actually look like a regular dolphin. I'll try and find it. So I've got that image in my mind, but actually, I suspect it's a more true to life version, which, you know. Uh, it's probably really lovely. I, I bet I'd love it. Yes, well, we should find out how it. Uh, how she it likes goes. it. She definitely does. Matters. She definitely does. Definitely does. And then also, gosh, this episode actually was really full, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Emma's behind. She finds out from Helen that she's behind on a school project with Kira, mm. and of course, with everything that's going on, that's actually quite easy to miss things. But she talks mm. about how, sort of going back to the social media thing, she feels a bit pale in comparison to Helen. Um, mm. says Helen's always got loads of grace and poise um, mm. and she's constantly comparing herself to others and I think people do that a lot we all compare ourselves to other people and we always come up short but I, I just want to think well if everyone's doing it then the chances are there are people comparing themselves to you and feel like they come up short in comparison to you mm. which yeah I reckon George you know as we as we mentioned earlier lots of people are doing with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah almost undoubtedly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no I know exactly yeah I know exactly what you mean you sort of you never you never kind of look behind you you're always looking ahead of you for the people mm. who are possibly in your eyes doing better than you in life and actually um you don't always take a moment to step back and look at your your place in life and where where you're where you're at with everything and actually um yeah Em is doing a really you know cracking job um, she's doing a fantastic she's job. She's doing a so. great job. I mean, she's looking, she, you know, I, I sometimes say to my sister, she's, she, oh, my cat's desperate to get out of the bedroom. Um, <laughs> I say to my sister, you know, you, your kids are, are loved and fed and happy. Like everything else is a bonus, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a parent, but I just think if yeah. you're managing that, you're doing well. Right, I better let her out. She's about to start meowing into the microphone. <laughs> Go on, you better let her you? out and we better move on to Tuesday. <laughs> you insisted on being in here. Honestly, I think that cat is desperate for a career in the public eye. <laughs> Diva. Constantly interrupting things. So let's move on Move on to Tuesday's episode. My goodness. Yes, I know. Blimey, we've got... We've, uh, Monday was a fabulous set of episodes. So I guess that's why we've, uh, why we've had plenty to talk about. But yes, mm. Tuesday's episode. So Monday's episode ended with Emma getting a little text from Susan, um, mm. which we find out on Tuesday is because Susan has won the radio DJ... Radio Borsetshire DJ competition. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Yes, Susan Carter. I mean, I love Susan Carter generally, but I particularly loved the combination of Susan Carter doing a vocal warm-up at the beginning of the episode. So again, George and I are actors, so we, we are used to actually genuinely having to do vocal warm-ups before we do shows or if we were to do a radio performance or a, or a TV performance. And um, I particularly enjoyed how she does it for approximately 60 seconds. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is coming from Charlie and I, who would generally be in the theatre about 45 minutes before everyone else. Just, uh, just I know. Because <laughs> we were always very careful about our warm-ups. Um, not, that, not that anyone else in the company wasn't careful. Sorry, I should hasten to add that. Yes, but we were nerds for it. Let's we were nerds for it, absolutely. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so she's she's got a couple of got a couple of uh, warm ups from uh, Roman, which is uh, which is lovely, um, and she's just going in there. It's great. Mm. She's sort of she's feeling good. She sort of she's um, talks about kind of having a, a red light um, on the on the door because she's obviously seen that at some point in some cultures. We like you know 
radio studios have a red light outside so I need one of those um he's great <laughs> she's sort of she's just ready to go isn't she yeah I mean she starts talking about how good she is for this job because she has such local knowledge and she's the center of the community and I so my prediction at this point was that she was what what would go wrong would be that she reveals somebody else's secret because she sort of gossips on the air how wrong I was yes in this scenario <laughs> which we'll move on to um we've got Ed Shearing he's moaning about the vet is that world pop sensation Ed Shearing sorry you really got me there I didn't know that was coming sorry <laughs> Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran uh, Ed Sheeran <laughs> and he's, he's moaning about that vet, so it looks like there's 10 pints in it, but more than 10 pints. Yeah. Apparently there's, there's pride. Yeah, I assume not 10 pints all in one go, but you never know with Jazza. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's sort of taking it out of Ed. He's, they're really going. Like, I don't know. It's, they, they, it was, uh, so at one point in the episode, he was talking about um, their, his and Jazza's plan originally before all the coronavirus stuff happened. They were going to travel around the country and and just kind of shear sheep and sit up in the evenings and drink together. And it sounded pretty idyllic, actually. Um, mm. Then he obviously, that was before he and Emma got back together. So actually, he's got other priorities now. Um, mm. But to me, it sounds like all of that fun has been taken out of this shearing because of the competition that they're having. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as fun now. Yeah, I don't know. As soon as you sort of do something competitively, it becomes a, a bit of a drain. Mm. Some people thrive on competition, don't they? But I yeah. I sometimes find that it, it can sort of take, take the sparkle out of a thing if, if you start to want to beat somebody else. Well, I'm quite competitive as well. So <laughs> I still feel like, yeah, for me, I get it. I don't know, there's a danger of relationships souring if I get into a sort of competition and get a bit too competitive. Um, Good to know. Good to know. Um, but yeah, so Ed, but Ed seems to be exhausted and, and Emma's sort of doesn't really, he's not really on board with the whole um, the whole competition element of it. Mm-mm. And then we hear Susan on the radio and she really yeah. does have a great style. Yeah. Absolutely, she's very good. Yeah, I think she's a bit ner- like she's a bit nervous to start with. Um, I think, I think day one, I felt like okay, yeah, she's sort of warming into it. Um, but yeah, she's very natural, um, which I guess you sort of, you know, as with Tracy, with Susan, there's not always much of a filter, and she just sort of says what she thinks, and actually, that's quite refreshing, I think, for a, a radio presenter. Yeah, definitely. I think she does a, a, a lovely job. And then mm. when we cut back into Susan on the radio, we hear the end of Jill's story, or at least she says, oh, yeah, thank you for reading that story for Jill. So we know now mm. that Ben has been enlisted to write up more of Jill's stories for a book. Um, she also tells us about how the shop and the post office have been a lifeline for people, sings the praises of shop workers, mm. who, which I was, you know, totally on board with. I'm so grateful to... I mean, include, you know, NHS workers and frontline staff in that way, but also, um, mm. yeah, the people who are working at Tesco's and dealing with stressed out people every day, the delivery drivers, you know, delivering that cat food that you desperately need and can't go and get. I think it's, mm. uh, those people are incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she sort of gives them a, a really lovely shout out. It's quite nice, really, because, I don't know, a lot of, uh, we, we've talked about the fact that, um Archers has been used as as a public service broadcasting, um, you know, since its conception, and that's why it was that's why it was first started. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. It's just awareness. Is they're giving awareness. I know that a lot of people in the country are aware that NHS workers, shop workers, are doing a fantastic job at the moment. Um, but it's you know, it's quite nice to for them to to bring that in, in as well, um, as well mm. as a little dig at footballers as well. <laughs> I don't know whether that's. A, Maybe that's a particular writer's gripe. I don't know. Um. <laughs> what I love, what I love is the way they do it, you know. So Susan, the character, does it. And then she gets told off by the radio people, which, you know, made me think of maybe it's the, the writers of The Archers want to have a dig, but know that they get told off. So they put the whole story in. But but even even then, you know, they still managed to get the dig in. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lovely thought. <laughs> but then she starts drinking. She just sort of finds something under the table, doesn't she? <laughs> There's a bottle of something. Um, Ron Miel. And, yeah, what is it? Ron Miel. Ron Miel. Honey rum. Honey rum. Oh. Mm. I don't think I've ever had honey rum, but um, but Susan gets into it, doesn't she? She really does. And you just know, don't you? You're just like, uh-oh. 
Oh no, I mean, drinking and performing is is not, is very rarely a good combination. I think it's a bit more of a thing for sort of comedians or, or maybe drag queens, drag artists, you know, there's a bit more drinking during the, the set. But I usually find with, with acting, that's a very mm-hmm. bad idea. And uh, and yeah, yes. speaking on the radio, mm. get loose lips, sink ships. <laughs> Absolutely, broadcasting the whole of Borsetshire. And uh, and we don't quite hear, it's a little sort of, she starts talking about Neil um, what, and, and, and starts talking about what she does to keep him happy and a little bit of a giggle. And then we sort of go away from, <laughs> so we don't actually hear what she says. But then cut to Ed, who's sort of saying, oh my God, what's she doing? Well, he's traumatised. Yes, yeah. did not need to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, blimey. Who knows what she's said? Exactly, but then you sort of you realise oh it might be along the saucy nature of things, might be some saucy mm. things, and oh, um, yeah, I, mean, I think quite clearly. And then Ed Ed's talking about you know he wants to go home and go straight to sleep, and and he 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 feels bad about Emma, but he's going to have to tell her you know he doesn't want to put his back out doing anything energetic. And I was just like <laughs> the archers, are down boy, down <laughs> yeah. okay so let's move on to wednesday and susan is she's got she's hiding she's sort of she's (laughs) she's gone down the lane to hide because she's mortified um she's obviously i don't know whether she's sobered up in the evening or she's sobered up this morning and realized what she said we don't know what it is um but yeah she's 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 mortified and very embarrassed and isn't it sweet she keeps saying gosh i can't abide gossip which I just love. <laughs> I love that they've written this for this character, that this character who is the worst gossip in all of Ambridge has such a staunch uh, opposition to gossip. It's just yeah. really amusing. It, it really is. That's ridiculous. Oh, dear. And then she gets really carried away. She's like, we're going to have to move house. Neil will have to resign from the parish council and the church <laughs> board, and then he'll get fired. And I was like, oh, mate, what did you say? I know. I was wondering, uh, yeah, how explicit did it get? Um, <laughs> then we, but, we, but we sort of have clarification um, from, from Ben. Oh, that yeah. It's, that actually it was, it was sort of, um, he was talk, she, she was talking about what spices got Neil going. Um, which <laughs> um, which I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, but yeah. apparently it is uh, for Neil. Ch- chili and lots of things can be a an aphrodisiac. Apparently, I did not know that. Mm. Okay, again, public service broadcasting from the Arches. <laughs> oh dear, natural forms of libido enhancers, everyone. <laughs> um, that is so. So, but what really made me laugh as well was that Ben. Was like, and I was listening to this with Graham. Oh, it's great, wasn't it? It's, it was nice because he sort of, I don't know, I think you can kind of look at your grandparents or people of an older generation as sort of, you know, sometimes you think they might be a bit stuffy and a bit kind of uptight, but they're not, you know, they, they sort of like have as much fun. They're as naughty as the rest of us and sometimes naughtier. Um, Indeed. And, uh, Jill, Jill is clearly really enjoying this uh, <laughs> this story. She's laughing away, and uh, and it seems it sounds like a really really lovely bonding moment for uh, yeah. for Ben and Jill. Well, because he says, "Oh, we were laughing. We were just like mates." And then he's like, "Am I mates? I'm mates with my gran. Is that weird? I mean, she's my gran, but mm. I really like her like, yeah. as a person." Yes, no, and uh, and it obviously means that she and Ben have been sitting listening to the story that he's typed up for her, which is really sweet mm. as well. So. Mm. Um, yeah, there's lots of niceness to that. And uh, and then, of course, he got he got reminded when Susan praised the NHS carers and frontline staff that uh, that of course his previous and potentially only lover, uh, Chloe, is a doctor. So he starts yes, to consider. Yeah, he starts to consider whether he wants to message her. He really wants to get the tone right, and he's insistent to mm. himself and us that he's not just trying to to you know rekindle things at all no 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 he, he just he thinks he really needs to thank her on behalf of everyone <laughs> which i love it's quite sweet really because he's obviously taken a lot out of the night that they spent together um and uh whether chloe feels quite i mean it was quite you know when we we heard from chloe she was she was quite 
kind of nice about it and sort of gently gently ribbing him saying to sort of come back when you've got a bit more experience <laughs> um <laughs> but um i don't know whether I think, i'd be interested to know whether you know was chloe a character that was going to crop up again within very ben sort of, i don't know it's just interesting that she was a doctor um mm. a junior doctor and and that i don't know it's kind of perfect for the archers that they they kind of put that in place and now it's something they can bring up um when we're all recognizing anyone who's working for the nhs because they want the amazing job they're doing um mm, mm. so yeah so ben um ben kind of sends her a little text i mean i'm sure she might have other friends that are sending her text saying you know well done keep going but it's nice that ben has sent her one as well Exactly, and it is nice to send someone a message saying that they're thinking of them. And uh, but of course, he does that classic thing, which I remember vividly doing, and still do now, to be honest. Uh, where he sends the the message out and then immediately reads it back and goes, "Oh my god, it's the worst text message I've ever sent." <laughs> do you remember that? Just like spending hours constructing a text message, like you know, I remember when as well there was like a character limit on a text message. So you'd spend ages working out what you wanted to say, what was important, mm. how many question marks or exclamation marks you're going to use. Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. And he thinks it's gone really badly. Well, they cost you 10p as well at the time. So, you know, you, you wanted to, you know, couldn't send too many of them. Um, <laughs> set you well, back exactly. a few quid. And you didn't want to seem too keen. Exactly. No. <laughs> set you back oh. a few quid indeed. Yes, no, I, I understand his pain. Mm-mm. But I don't know about you, George, because he does get a, a reply uh, now he 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 gets his reply from Chloe and, and he's pretty like oh, amazing yeah she wants to meet up get in but I wasn't sure it was as uh, enthusiastic as he's taken it to mean <laughs> yeah it's 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 hard isn't it that sometimes I'm sure there's there's people who I consider to be a closer acquaintance than they might consider me to be <laughs> with them and I'm saying <laughs> oh let's meet up let's grab a pint and they're like ah oh, yeah. Let's do that sometime. And actually, they're not really fast, but you can't really say no. <laughs> you sort of say, yeah, let's do that in the future sometime. <laughs> it does feel a little bit yeah. like that. Although, the only thing I would say in Ben's favour is she does reply pretty quickly. That's true. It's not like she sort of looked at her phone and thought, oh, I'd better reply to him later because I'm not really fast. You know, reply comes through. So maybe she is, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure she's particularly interested in kind of starting up some sort of relationship. I think she's got other things on her mind at the moment but uh yeah yes ben i think maybe gets a little bit carried away well we'll see won't we fingers crossed for a, mm. for a wonderful whirlwind romance for our ben <laughs> but then it all flips around for susan because she's feeling super guilty still um she reminds us i loved this she reminds us of when neil uh do you remember that episode it was it was a while ago now and it, it's not within when we've been doing arches and tea but neil had a go at her for gossiping i can't what she'd done and why it was particularly bad but she got in trouble and she'd done too much gossiping and he really was quite firm with her and then here she says well it was very painful for me when he got me so wrong but I forgave him yeah absolutely I can't remember was it I think it must have been within the Emma Ed breakup mustn't it I think yeah and, yeah, yeah, and with clary true. was it susan and clary were kind of having a bit of uh, I, did, I can't, I can't oh, remember oh yes oh we'll have to try and re- i do remember the storyline though and i remember neil really you know losing his rag in a way that i'd never mm. heard him do before um so that's always mm. stayed with susan um but then actually it turns out people have been loving the radio show you know she's got yeah. some lovely feedback on the website talking about how down to earth she is and how honest and you know natural and um every, all the things and we how, were saying yeah and actually it's actually very refreshing to hear uh, a, a woman of middle age talking about sex without embarrassment and absolutely yeah. she's like well there's nothing to be embarrassed about and i think that's lovely um yeah. and but uh, and, and it turns out it's got it's gone down really well um and even ben has asked her for the chili recipe <laughs> 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 for Chloe, presumably. For Chloe. And then she's thinking about getting headshots for all the signed pictures she's going to need. Uh, oh. So she's she learns not to doubt herself again and she gets back on the honey rum. I, I, I think I'd like to be a bit more like Susan sometimes. Okay, she doesn't always have like the best self-awareness and she's mm. a bit of a gossip. But she also, you know, she finds joy in things really readily and she and she supports herself, believes herself. And I... Uh, I think those are 
commendable attributes. Totally. So we move on to Thursday's episode, and um, and we've got we've got Emma, bless her, um, who's um, whose mum has been on the radio talking about her love life. Uh, yes, I don't know. I don't know how, how mortified she is, but she doesn't really want to talk to her mum about it. <laughs> That's it. She's like, it's fine. But uh, we don't need to actually discuss it all the time. And then she describes it as a cross between a nature documentary and Love Island. <laughs> I'm now picturing Neil and Susan Carter on Love Island in those sorts of... <laughs> Do you know what? Gravity-defying I've... bikinis. And... <laughs> I would. I've never watched Love Island. No, I can't say I have either. I watched a couple of episodes, so I sort of understood what it was. But I would watch it. If Neil and Susan Carter were on it, I definitely would, and I would I would spend money on voting for them. I'm sure. Yes, yeah, to keep them on the island as long as possible. Yeah, yeah totally. We get the information. We find out why that school project never sort of got mm. to Emma. Why she missed it, and it was actually yeah. because Kira had never said anything, uh, because the project was to speak to people, family members who have memories of the war, and of course she would have asked Joe. Yeah, that's really sweet, yeah. isn't it? And. I don't know, I think having, you know, had our our Archers Revisited episode of, of, of Joe's Wake and I think as part of that I ended up listening back to a couple of clips and uh, there's a, f- a fabulous clip of um, where Kira's done done Joe's makeup. No, no, nails? Or I oh, yeah. can't remember, but he's fallen asleep and, and, she's, and they both exhausted each other out. And I don't know, it's obviously it's a really lovely relationship that they've got and uh mm. and absolutely she would have been asking about her great-grandfather about it so it's yeah it's mm. a shame that he's not around and you can kind of see why she she's not necessarily mentioned it yeah but then i think susan helps her in the end doesn't she yes yeah which is fab so um yeah. yes which uh which she, she mentions on the radio <laughs> yeah. think, at one point. and actually what we hear is that um it was it was helen that that ended up not managing it. She she said, oh no, you know, there's just been too much going on in the dairy and, uh, and you know, we've not managed it for, for Henry. And actually, Emma's like, oh, I see. So I did, I did do it. And, uh, and so she says, oh, I feel a bit smug. But then actually I admire the way that Helen's taking things in her stride. You know, she's going, look, I just mm. don't have time. One, you know, we're going to have to prioritise. And she's not letting that be an added stress. And I think that's great. Yeah. You know, we all deal with things in different ways, and it definitely sounds like Helen mm. is doing what she needs to do and not going to feel guilty about it. And and uh, mm. yeah, it was quite a nice sort of rounding off to that storyline. Yeah, definitely. And then Ed walks into the big green coffee table with the dolphins for legs. Yeah, hurts his shin. And Emma's a little bit more worried about the coffee table than she is about uh, Ed's shins. <laughs> yeah. um, at this point, I thought that it was going to become a because th- then Emma started at some point started talking about possibly she might need to move the coffee table. I thought it was going to become a thing where Ed would constantly walk in and, and hit his shins on the coffee table wherever it was because she'd moved <laughs> it. Emma moved it around, um, but we'll yeah. still find out a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, and then we go back to Susan on the radio. Um, we we hear that Robert submitted a story about his dad in the war, and it mentions that medal that he gave to Freddie, which is a nice callback to some previous storylines. And we get the Q&A with Susan C. <laughs> Which I really love. Great name. Great name. We need a bit of that. Uh, Mr. A from North Borchester. He, wa- he wants another recipe like her chilli one. Mrs. P asks if some pigs are more posh than others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and apparently they are. Apparently they're very aware of their social pollution. Who knew? Mm, who knew? And, uh, and someone asked Susan if she's had special training for this. And she says, yes, yes, I have. And I thought, really? Have you? But it turns out she she means she's just very interested in people. Which we have yeah. seen over the years. <laughs> she is very interested in people. And it gets saucy again. Remember, do you remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago about Sabrina? Mm, yes. Uh, Thwaite, isn't it? Richard and Sabrina Thwaite. Richard and Sabrina Thwaite. They've written in to the, um, to the radio programme and they say that the, you can play lots of board games and, and you don't even need... Okay, you just need, what is it, a sturdy kitchen table and a whisk. And then it seems to get saucy again. I mean, I I wouldn't, like, I sort of couldn't bring myself to imagine it in my mind. <laughs> Richard and Sabrina. Richard and Sabrina's Thwaite, a whisk and a, and a sturdy kitchen table. I mean, yeah, it was, 
it was it's, Ambridge is getting saucy. That's all that I can say. That's that's what I'm taking. Yes, I know. Yeah, my butt. You know, if that's what you like, go for it. Um, absolutely. I just, I <laughs> um, no um, judgment here. No, lots ab- of encouragement. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Just make sure the kitchen table is sturdy. That would be all I'd Indeed, say. Indeed. Yeah. Health and safety reasons. Yeah, and that's all that. Yes, that's all they're thinking about, really. Um, <laughs> and then it's so. What I find really amusing is you get a bit worried, don't you? Ed has said to Emma that he needs. He makes sort of an appointment to speak to her. Mm. We've been we've been hearing this week about how Ed is just so grateful to be with Emma, and he really appreciates her, and he loves her. So I wasn't worried, but I was a little confused. And Emma's starting to get nervous that. Maybe he's feeling a little hemmed in or, or she'd mm. been moving too fast again. But we find out later that what, what actually happened, um, apparently he very seriously sat her down and said, I don't think this is working. And she, and she said, you know, was it a blood ran cold or something? And, mm. then he re- and then he says, it's the coffee table. I can't stand it. And they just laugh. <laughs> it's so sweet. And then, and then we sort of, we, we've, heard, we've heard Susan ending her, radio show with I can't remember what the song's called but there's a particular song uh, that's mm. been requested as an apology from a husband to his wife uh, but we don't know here who it's from and then it turns out that actually it was Ed requesting the song for Emma because he knows that he's got to break the news that he hates this blooming coffee table um, <laughs> so they move it and but actually it's fine because Emma is they they can move it out the way and they can have a dance to the song that they danced on their first anniversary and yes it sort of ends really nicely um and 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 you know what charlie that coffee table is up for grabs so i would drop them an email right now uh if you want that in your (laughs) in your living room yeah i uh i don't know if my partner will thank me (laughs) happy birthday (laughs) happy birthday dave but it's funny isn't it because it's that sort of thing where we talked about it with the lasagna you know particularly during something like a lockdown small things do become quite important and they can take on quite a large significance Mm. but if we can all just remember you know to laugh about the things that we can laugh about uh, it will yeah. make things a lot more easy and, and maybe stick stick the radio on and have a dance yeah absolutely yeah i think that's that's a really nice go to isn't it if there's a particular song that you can just get up and dance to if you're mm. having a bit of a naff old day or you know stuck inside all day and the weather's rainy you can't get outside just put on that put on that song that makes you dance great yeah. Oh, I've got a good idea for Dave's birthday now. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, George. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, uh, Absolute pleasure. It's been lovely. I hope you enjoy all your cake tomorrow. Well, firstly, I hope you enjoy baking the cakes and just Mm. let yourself, Mm. let your mind, you know, focus on the cakes and just just enjoy that process. Because I have to make it vegan, you know, because uh, Dave is intolerant to dairy and I can't eat eggs. So (laughs) I have to, uh, I'm, I'm... I'm experimenting with a vegan lemon yes. drizzle. I'll let everybody know. Oh, photo, please. Excellent. Mm, indeed. Well, enjoy and uh, and happy birthday to Dave. And um, and I hope everyone has a lovely week. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next week. Well, we'll, we'll you'll hear us next week for some more chatting about the archers. Indeed. We'll see you next week for some more archers and tea. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.